What is up, guys? This is Mike coming at you with episode nine of the Fly Pod. It has been way too long. I apologize. Starting a new job and coordinating schedules with special guests has been difficult, but nonetheless, here we are. Uh, let's give an episode overview today. Uh, we will be giving a fall update. We're currently sitting at three and two through five games, and I want to introduce my guy, Michael Gerb. What's going on, Gerby? Hey, hey, hello. Good to be here. What's going on with your Saturday? Today's Saturday, the 21st of September. Gerby, what you got going on? Uh, well, I'm still a grad student, so after this, I'm going to go home and hit the books for a little bit before I maybe get something to eat, so we'll see. Yeah, That's nice. Kind of a gloomy day outside. Glad yeah, you could come out to yeah. Mount Prospect, make some time for the fly pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, we intended to get me, you, Alex, and Eric to talk about the original four that are left on the team. Alex is at a softball tournament today if it doesn't get rained out. And uh, Eric is in Rockford studying, so keep it up, Eric. Uh, But we'll definitely get Alex and Eric on a future episode. Uh, But for today, it's just me and Gerb. But let's jump into our fall update. We're playing Mellis Monday nights, and we're currently sitting at 3-2 and in fourth place. 88 runs scored on the year, 84 allowed. Every game has been close. Our margin of uh, losing has not been very high in the games we have lost. Uh, But to be honest, we are just not playing as crisp as a game as the Flies are used to playing. And we're affected by not having some uh, key players on the roster. And we're also hit by injuries. Gerb, what are you seeing out there? I'd say just about the same thing. Um, uh, Last week especially, I mean, you know, it wasn't our best game by any means. Everybody knows that. And uh, I think what can't be overlooked, too, is that coming into this fall season, we had said this is a better overall league, and I think some teams have been better than in the Thursday night summer league as well. So um, I think uh, I think we'll get it together, but uh, the season goes fast, so we got to do it soon. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a more competitive league. I remember looking at the uh, the schedule at the when it was first released and saying, man, we, we have our work cut out for us with a lot of... Uh, really cream of the crop team. So uh, it's just going to make us better. But, you know, we've been missing some key players. You know, Eric and Carlos, we really feel uh, your presence being missed out there uh, for sure, offensively and defensively. You know, Nick is part of the roster, but he's been injured from an injury at work. But I've been texting him this morning, and he's hoping to get out there next week. Uh, So uh, get well soon, Nick. Hope to have you out there to solidify us out there. Um, But, yeah, the competition is super solid. But all, all things considered... Uh, we're okay. Uh, we should be able to compete in the playoffs. Uh, hopefully we'll get healthy uh, and continue to uh, get better each day, but uh, some things to clean up in the days ahead. Speaking of the days ahead, our next game is Monday, 6.30 p.m. against Cortland Swat, who is another cream of the crop team, but we'll be ready. Uh, we have Mr. Kevin Bellweirs on the mound. James is not able to make it, so Kevin's going to make his pitching debut. Uh, and something I've talked about with a couple of guys is uh, having the opportunity to pitch just to develop their game. And Kevin's one of those guys who is going to try to take his game to the next level by uh, developing his pitching and becoming even more of an asset than he already is to our team. So uh, looking forward to uh, seeing him pitch on Monday. All right. It is time for our player interview with uh, number five in your scorebook, number one in your hearts, Michael Gerb. Uh, Gerb, we've been friends since first grade back in Ms. Gavastis' class with Alex, too. Uh, you know, we played Lincolnwood baseball uh, during our college years, and you've been with the team uh, since day one. You're an original fly. And here, just for the listeners to know some stats about Gerb, uh, he is second all-time in games played with 71 games. 
Uh, career 483 hitter, 115 career hits. That puts him fourth all-time on the Flies list. Three homers. Are they all at Mellis? No. I believe I had one at Har this past summer when we played um, Smash Bros. Okay. So... Oh, that's right. I remember that. It was on field four. Yeah. I remember that for sure. And at Har, you got to leg it out, but you did that. And two homers at Mellis, so three total. 83 knocked in, fourth all-time in uh, ribbies. Uh, and Gerb, you're a huge part of what we do with the infield flies. But just start off and talk us through your softball career. Um, well, we'll talk about it later, I know, but started with you know playing baseball my whole life. Came up and then we did the Palomino League together in Lincolnwood, and that was great. But uh I got officially started in 2016 playing 16-inch, uh, um, and that was a short season for a lot of us, uh, myself included. Um, but that's basically where it started for me, and then the rest has been uh, 12, and it's, we just haven't looked back. It's just been a much better experience for everybody. For sure. I know that in that 2016 season, let's talk about that 2016 season. Yeah. Your season was cut short uh, due to a... Uh, finger injury. We both suffered finger injuries that season. Uh, what happened there? Uh, so I was in the outfield, obviously. Uh, I was coming in on a sinking line drive, and I kind of like went down to a knee, but like awkwardly tried to dive. And what happened was the ball came in, went down before I was able to get to the ground. So I kind of went down. What happened was the ball hit my finger right on. Mm. And uh, at first I was like, ooh, like that felt like something, but I didn't notice it because your adrenaline's pumping. I just got up, threw the ball in right away, and then uh, we were getting ready for the next pitch, and I looked down, and um, my right middle finger was just covered in blood. Mm -hmm. it, had, it had dripped down to my shorts, down to my, my cleats, and we came in for the end, and I was like, oh, I need a bandage or something like to wrap this thing up, and ended up getting being way worse after that. Yeah, and that is, like doesn't even begin to like give the vibe of that entire 2016 right. season. I mean, because right. like that that was a rough season. I mean, injuries. Uh, you know, you and I both, both suffered finger injuries. Mine was not as bad as yours. I had mallet finger. You know, no blood or anything. Yeah. But um, definitely not the best season. But talk about what's your favorite memory from that 2016 season? I think one of my one of my memories favorite memories was kind of their. We had been on like hiatus. We hadn't played in a while, um, so it was fun to get back out there, and it was fun to play while we were playing, even though we were getting killed. Mm -hmm. But then um, it was cool. We got to come up against a team that Chris Thompson was playing on. You know, he's we we go way back. I know like the Morton Grove guys would say the same. Um, but seeing him playing against him uh, and him hitting balls just probably into the pool. I don't remember, but that was fun playing against him, and just like I said, getting back out there and. Uh, playing softball again, but like we talked about, unfortunately, it was cut short by, yeah. by the injury. So. Not many positive memories. I think probably, like as I think back, it's like BP was fun, you know, because like, yeah. I mean, we weren't getting our butts beat in, but it was, uh, I mean, good season in the sense that we did grow as a team, and, and there were certainly a lot of characters on the team, too. You know, I'm thinking back to uh, Marty Chagdas, good old number 17. Jerry was a part of those teams. Yeah. Alex Soberanis. And because yeah. for those of you that don't know, the 2016 team was kind of a hybrid of guys that we grew up with in Lincolnwood, plus guys that I worked with at Middleton School in Skokie, who none of us work there anymore. But it was we were just really trying to get 10, 11 guys each week. So who, what fly do you miss the most in terms of their character or what they brought to the table? Um, well, you already mentioned them. That's probably easier for me. That's got to be Jerry. Uh, 
really, really nice guy, really good guy. A um, little bit tougher for him in the outfield. I mean, he was kind of like Bill Romanowski on a on a softball <laughs> field. I mean, he just really didn't know what you were going to get from him. Um, you know, I just thought the play that sticks in my mind was always when he had a ball. He was he had a, a, a fly ball. And the thing, you know, he was coming in, the ball went over his head, so he had to go back, and he was like, oh, he'd yell, like, oh, shit. And then he threw his glove up there and went and, went and, run, to, went and run to get it. So that, that one, that play, amongst many, just stands out for me personally. Yeah, that, that's classic Jerry right there, <laughs> just throwing the glove up and, and going an all-out sprint after you yeah. misjudge a fly ball. Yeah, he, with, with Jerry, I think one thing that I always remember, too, is anytime he would hit, like, a ground ball through the infield, he was just booking it to second base, and I would be screaming at him, to just stop because it was such a it was a very dumb play and usually he'd get thrown out at second base where and I think I conditioned him because uh, you know as I would yell and I don't really like to yell but when when you make a bonehead play over and over and over again I I, I lose my patience so uh, after a while Jerry would just jog to first base because he knew that if he was trying to book it to second I would yell at him again so uh, my bad on that but <laughs> I mean you can only deal with so so much of that but yeah. um you know th- that was a great 2016 season 0 and 13 great in the sense that it provides memories but you know it certainly wasn't our best fly moment what would you say gerb is the best fly moment that you've experienced thus far um definitely team moment would have to be you know winning the summer championship um back in what was that august we won at mellis that was really cool um fall ball championship at it was cool, but for me personally, I don't know if you remember this, we had to play on a Saturday or Sunday in the summer. No, not 2019, but 2018, I think. Was it a playoff game against LOB? Was it play? Maybe it was playoffs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it was LOB. Mm-hmm. And um, we really, you know, we know what those guys are all about. You know, they're not our biggest fans. We're not their biggest fans. So I was able to get the game-winning hit uh, to center field against them to, to have us compete, have us uh advance in the playoffs. So I guess it was the playoffs. I thought it was a makeup game or something, but Yeah, they had scheduled it on a Sunday because there were so many rainouts that they were just like they we have to, have to do it on Sunday in order to get this season done. Right. right. So that was cool because it was against LOB. Um but every time I take the field I just enjoy being out there playing and playing with this group of guys especially. So for sure. I remember that game against LOB too and yeah. it was that long haired leadoff guy who was in the outfield too and he just like let the ball go <laughs> yeah. and just you know in an LOB fashion, just not like walked right. to, to the line to shake hands and just let the ball go. But yeah, we clubbed them. It was 18 to three that game. Right. Uh, and that was, yeah, that was summer of 2018. So that was last summer. Um, but yeah, a lot of good memories. Like you said, I share the same ones of the, our two championships, of course. Uh, but yeah, I, and that's the thing about the, the, the flies is I, I feel like I remember every game vividly. I don't, I don't know why. I think it's just because I love the team so much that I can tell you that game was 18-3. to 3. It was a Sunday. I can tell you I went to Menards beforehand. Like I just have a, a very clear vision of all these fly games and these memories. Uh, definitely a great experience. Uh, so if you could have one skill from another fly, what would it be? Um, so I actually have to kind of give two shout-outs here. So the one... For sure, that I thought of immediately hearing these uh, previous episodes before me. Definitely got to go to Billy Brisky. Um, you know, for got to represent the outfielders. I mean, obviously he's got that those sound fundamentals and those mechanics out there. Um, he gets he gets so much action in, in left center. He's always running. He's always going back on ball. He's got to throw so much, and he does everything just really, really sound and fundamental. So, um, got to give it up for Billy. 
the next one, I was I was thinking about this, and I, I think I'm going to go with, with uh, Stein. I think Mike Stein, just a really, really smart baseball, softball player. Got a really high IQ in that area, um, really cerebral player. And it's really nice when he's when he's in the infield. Um, he generally will play at second, so in front of me and right or right center wherever I'm at. And he's always communicating signals to the uh, to the outfielders, and it really helps me like know if that was a strike or know which way the guy's turning if he's gonna shoot the other way or, or try to pull the ball. So I know when whenever we're up, whenever we're in the field, I can really look, listen for Mike or um, watch him if he gives up some kind of signal to, to tell us what's going on. So. Um, shout out to those two guys. Yeah, both of those guys are, are such important parts of, of what we do. And that, that's what makes our team so great in terms of the production that we've been able to uh, accomplish over the past few seasons and, the, and our development. And right. speaking about Billy, I mean, this guy, I mean, I watch him all the time. He's my next door neighbor out in left, left center. But he uh, can just track down those balls. And, you know, we just we trust him so much out there. He really... Anything hit to left center is going to be gobbled up by him. It's huge. Uh, and then with Stein, I mean, like you say, he's very cerebral, uh, definitely a communicator out there in the infield and just a, a solid player all around. Um, and, and I love it because, you know, you take Billy, you take Stein, and generally when they're both on the same roster, they're hitting one-two as well. So they're putting together really good at-bats at the top of the lineup. Uh, and they're, they're a huge part of what we do. Uh, definitely agree with you there. Yeah, and something can be said about everyone on the team. For you sure. Know, everyone's got something to offer. Just for me, those two stand out. For sure. Yeah. All right, let's jump into flyby, everybody's favorite segment of the fly pod. So, you know, some of these answers uh, to these questions take five seconds. Five, some of them take five minutes just because of the, uh, the nature of the question. And some questions are better than others. I've pulled some out, put some new ones in. So... I'm going to start with this first one. We all know Gerb is a big Sox fan. And, uh, you know, I assumed that, you know, guaranteed rate, Comiskey Park, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what was it before? U.S. The US cell. Field, yeah. uh, I assume that was your favorite ballpark just because of your allegiance. But what I know you've been traveling. You've been to Philadelphia, San Diego <clears> recently. <throat> uh, you know, I think you've been chasing the Sox, too, around and following them. So uh, seeing them in different ballparks. What's your favorite ballpark that you've been to besides Sox Park? Yeah, uh, that's something it's mostly feasible for my dad and I to do since, you know, he doesn't work. And over the summers, I'm off because I'm a teacher. And then Angela and I will try to go around as much as we can during summers. But uh, of the ones I've visited, uh, I know you've been to Target Field. Mm -hmm. Target Field is beautiful. Um, I would probably, it would come down for me between Target Field in Minneapolis, uh, where the Twins play, or uh, Petco Park in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And I think I got to give a slight edge to San Diego just because um, it's so much of it is outdoors mm -hmm. and there's palm trees sticking up everywhere. It's just beautiful. And the city of San Diego is great. So um, I'm probably going to go with Petco Park in San Diego. Nice. Yeah, Petco. And you went to Philly too this past yeah. summer, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was following, we did follow the Sox around. So my dad and I went to see the Sox play in Citizens Bank in Philly. And then uh, most of the other stadiums we've seen, they've played the Sox. But uh, San Diego, we just went out to go see San Diego, and we saw um, the Padres play the Rockies that weekend. So, nice. Yeah. yeah, Petco, I mean, I've never been. I Actually, when I was, I think, eight or nine, we went out to San Diego, and we went to old Qualcomm Stadio and, yeah. uh, Stadium, <laughs> Qualcomm Stadium. And, uh, you know, San Diego is just a beautiful place, so I feel like whatever ballpark you throw there is going to have an advantage because, you know, it looks like a beautiful park. Um, Target Field, yeah, like you said, it is great. Um, I feel like the neighborhood around Target Park is like 
lacking, like there wasn't much there. Exactly. Which sometimes that helps a ballpark out. Like I just went to St. Louis this uh, this past summer, and of course, you know, it's a Cardinal ballpark, so I'm, I'm biased that I don't like it off the bat. But they did a really nice job of outside the stadium curating a culture and a kind of a, a hangout area, whereas Target Field didn't really have that. But uh, I definitely got to get out to Petco, hoping, uh, you know, in my new job, they actually pay for me to go to a national conference every year. And what I'm doing is I'm looking more at baseball schedules and how I can, yeah, you know, swing it, co- yeah. coordinate these national conferences around like, ooh, maybe I can go see a game while I'm yeah. at this conference. So stay tuned to that. I, I got to go yeah. check out some ballparks for yeah. sure. Uh, so speaking of ballparks, the ones we play in, what do you prefer, Mellis or Har Park? Yeah, um, Har isn't totally, it's a nice park. Uh, for the most part, I like the fields, aside from that right field path, yellow, or uh, orange fence that's out there you know mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on with that it's been like that for a while it's a hazard for sure yeah but uh, i gotta give it to mellis um you know just if it rains hard in in the morning for a few hours there's still a very good chance we could play that night it drains really well and the fence is great uh, it just makes you feel like it's a little more official you know you got yeah. the you got the poles too so it's cool yeah and i feel like uh i, I really do appreciate both and I, i've talked about the long-term plan of our team you know, I think there was a time when I was like, oh, only Mellis, only Mellis, because I was just sick of that unlimited arc. But then getting to the championship in Warren Grove, it was like, ah, oh, we, we have unfinished business. We got to stay here and, and win it all. So I, I'm thinking more like, you know, Mondays at uh, Har, Thursdays at Mellis is kind of the future direction of the team, kind of what we did this past summer. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to sustain that. But uh, I want to ask you, how has been, you know, with that hazard in right center at Har? You know, in the Gravediggers game, they had their right fielder, you know, suffer a, a bad injury there going down into the uh, the uh, well, as you would call it, or the, the gap to, to get a ball. Um, how, how have you uh, managed to, to navigate around that? Um, well, you know, it's got to look out for, your, for yourself, got to look out for your body safety first, right? So if, I, if, I'm, if I'm positioned in a... Uh, deep on a, because we got a good batter up to bat and we have to play him deeper, you know, I just make sure that I know I have two steps or so, whatever, until I hit that track. Mm-hmm. Or um, if I'm behind the track, which I, or behind the fence, which I've played at times, I know I have, you know, four steps or whatever to my left before I might run into something. So you just got to think mm-hmm. about that. Luckily, when I've been positioned back there, um, haven't had to think about going those ways. It's always been like a ball that the guy hit the other way, so it didn't even come out to me. Yeah. But uh, I, I have been fortunate of not getting into much trouble with that with that right right center area at at uh, heart. Yeah, and like as a message to the team, it's never worth like like putting yourself in in a risky situation or like no ball is worth diving for in that well or like just like it's always safety first. We care more about the longevity of the player and like. Like I'd rather have you be safe than be, be injured trying to, to to be a hero. So right. that that's really the only hazard we face yeah. uh, in the ballparks we play in. Uh, so tell me, you know, 2019 was the year of the New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know they're very well received. I mean, they're, I still am in love with them. They're they're real dope, and you know, opposing teams are always complimenting us wanting our jerseys. What are your favorites? Black, purple, or white? So it's tough. Uh, it's, for me, it's definitely a toss-up between the purple and black shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had seen what the V-neck looks like in in black before I had purchased the crew neck black, because I think I would have liked the uh, 
the black v-neck, but definitely the purple and black shirts. And I just bought the white hoodie. Although I, as I mentioned <laughs> to you a few weeks ago, it's really, really big. So um, I'm looking at maybe sending it back and asking for a smaller size, but I think the white hoodie looks uh, pretty sweet too. So I can't wait. Once it finally drops and it feels like fall, I'll, I'll probably bring the, the white one out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. For fall ball so far, it's still been pretty hot. So I haven't had to bust out any long sleeves. Um, yeah. And I'm always like looking for um, ways to augment and increase uh, and improve our, our uh, I don't want to say clothing line because it's not really a clothing line, but you know, the flies gear that's available. And I, I already shared with you and I shared with Kevin too, this top secret project I'm working on. So stay tuned. Uh, there is something in the works that hopefully will be ready by next season. Uh, I'm not going to give any more clues, but it, it, it will be uh, pretty dope. Uh, let's uh, move into best baseball movie. Uh, that's pretty easy for me. I know the, the easy route to take here is uh, Sandlot, which of course is, is, a, is a classic. That's one of my favorites. But before Sandlot, I would actually put um, Major League and Moneyball okay. ahead, of, ahead of Sandlot. Those two... Uh, Major League is just, just classic, classic. So, so funny. Um, and then Moneyball, uh, I'm a huge Brad Pitt fan, but also that's about the time when I started following the White Sox and following baseball in like 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. So um, many of those players are just really um, nostalgic for me to, to watch the movie and see those players and um, and see what goes on in that. And fun fact, I don't know if anyone knows this, but Royce Clayton, mm. who is an ex White Sox shortstop mm-hmm. played Miguel Tejada in uh, Moneyball. Oh, no way. So, uh, yeah, fun fact there. So Nice. Nobody's going to really care about that besides <laughs> me, but I figured I'd drop it on the flat pods. Yeah, so if you're bored tonight, go watch Moneyball and check out <laughs> Royce Clayton for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Netflix or Hulu? I know you don't have much free time with all your grad school studies, yeah. but if you do, what would you watch? Um, Hulu, I've, you know, I've messed around with a little bit, haven't been as consistent, so I'm definitely a Netflix guy. Uh, anytime I do have time to, to knock out a season of something or an episode of something, it's always on Netflix. Nice. Yeah. Um, and th- for those of you that don't know, part of the reason that Gerb committed to play at Har is because there's an Arby's nearby, right? <laughs> and it is one of his favorite restaurants. So my question to you, Gerb, is what is the best restaurant besides Arby's? Yeah, Arby's is up there for, for number one for me for sure. Um, after, after that, though, uh, I may go... Superdog. Oh, yeah. Superdog is uh, near and dear to Lincolnwood mm-hmm. residents, so half of our team, basically, because uh, someone we grew up with, Max Berman, his family owns it, um, so we had plenty of Superdog in our early days. But um, Raised on Superdog, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then after that, um, I can name a, a million, but, you know, Superdog's great, and then Chipotle for me is really, never gets old for me either, so. Definitely. Yeah. And so... Number five is what you rock. Why are you wearing number five? So, being a White Sox fan, uh, growing up, Frank Thomas was obviously my favorite player. He wore 35. And uh, for a number of years, 35 kind of was my favorite number, but I realized that, like, you know, that was his number, Mm -hmm. and I liked it because it was him. So I figured if I'm going to stay playing, I wanted to make it GERB. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of dropped the three. I've always liked the number five on a jersey. Um, I know five belongs to several players in baseball history, but I just kind of made it mine. I liked five. I liked the, the way a single number looked mm-hmm. instead of a double digit, two digit number. So, um, I stuck with five. Nice. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I didn't know it was a Frank Thomas, uh, um, 
origin for that number. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You always learn something new on the fly pod. Nice. <laughs> All right. So what about most of our games are night games, but this uh, summer we had an opportunity to play some day games. What do you prefer, day or night game? Uh, I'm torn there. I think I like the night games because of some of the natural elements are taken out of the mix, you know, sun, mm -hmm. and generally it's less windy at night. But uh, I do like uh, I do like a day game because after the game's over, you still have you know your afternoon, probably mm -hmm. your night to to do something. Whereas for night games, um, you know, we could get done like we did last week at what was it like ten forty five, eleven o'clock. So I then you like nuts. gotta eat something if you're still hungry and, mm -hmm. and get to bed right away. So uh, gen in general, I would probably say night, but I think day games have its. Uh, too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I struggle so often, like when we have a Monday night, like last week, like you said, we got done like around, I think 1045, 11 o'clock. And so I get to bed late and my whole week is thrown off. Yeah. Like I was exhausted Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yeah. I think I slept like 11 hours, you know, last night just because I'm catching up from Monday. So luckily this Monday we have a 630 game only. And then, but then of course the bears are playing. So then I'm going to be up late <laughs> for that too. So it's just right. like, it is what it is, man. It's life being a, a, a softball player. Fair yeah, down. Yeah, for sure. So uh, two more left on the flyby here. What about summer or fall ball? Um, oh, for me, that's easy. Because I know when when summer summer ball starts, it's generally what? First, second week of May. Mm -hmm. And me being a teacher, you being an ex-teacher now, an administrator, you know that that means you got about three, four more weeks of school left, and then mm -hmm. you got... Uh, nothing to look forward to over summer for me anyways, except softball, baseball, hanging out, mm -hmm. um, you know, barbecues and stuff like that. So for me, it's an easy one. It's uh, summer. Yeah, definitely. Like having, and I know not everybody has this luxury. I mean, Stein, you have it. I'm trying to think if anyone else has it. But, you know, us teachers or educators, when we're off in June and July, just to have that Monday night game and then just to sleep in on Tuesday and just kind of like, yeah. you're almost like a pro athlete, man. It's like... Right. All you do is play softball and get ready for the game and do whatever you want. It's, it's, it's super nice. And for me, I'm kind of bummed because now I have to work in the month of June. But I still have all of July off, so I'll definitely uh, focus on softball. Uh, last one here. Me and you went through a phase because I've kind of calmed down in this phase and so have you. But we were super into hats. I still am. I just, I'm more into like basketball jerseys now. That's a different story. But what is the favorite hat that you have in your collection? Um... One, if I'm gonna like go out in it, it's a uh, Uinta Brewing. I'm not even sure if that's how you say it, but uh, I got it when we were in Salt Lake City uh, visiting a friend, and it was just really cool. I think it looks cool, and I, I don't wear that to play ball or anything. But the other hat, uh, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the. Um, I think it's Triple A for the Oakland A's, and now I'm blanking on it. It's all good. Triple A for the Oakland Days. Triple A for Oakland, Oakland, Oakland Days. Go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. You'll see the hat. Yeah. That's what is it. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Gerby, any last words for the FlyPod Nation? I want to just thank you for being on. Great conversation. Any last words for our flies out there? Uh, I would say let's uh, let's go get them, boys. And if you haven't had a chance, uh, Mike will get you on eventually. But you got to come on the FlyPod. It's it's professional, it's great, it's fun, it's everything you'd expect from Mike. So come on down to the fly pod next chance you get. For sure. And, uh, you know, looking ahead uh, to what we got going on in terms of the fly pod, 
Um, actually, I'll get to that in a second. Looking ahead from a softball standpoint, uh, our fall season will wrap up by October 21st, so about a month left to go. Um, you know, I, I love playing, but I, I will look forward to wrapping up the season, having a little time off to hibernate and, and get uh, stronger in the off season, get ready to go for 2020, which sounds crazy to say. Uh, but today's episode, we were able to give a fall update. Uh, Gerb, we had a great player interview. Uh, so the fly pod, let's talk about future episodes. We're going to do the final episode of season one. That's going to drop after the fall playoffs. So it's kind of going to be a culminating. It might be a long episode because we're going to recap all of 2019 and start talking about 2020 a little bit. So it might be a longer episode. I don't know if there will be a special guest or not. Uh, we'll see. But that will be about a month off. And I do apologize for uh, the the long uh, pauses or long breaks in between episodes, but uh, you know we're still going to reach our goal of having ten episodes uh, for the first season, so we're on pace for that. And just so you all know, you know we host our Flypod episodes on SoundCloud. We're reaching our minute limit, so what I'm going to do is because I don't feel like paying because it would be like seventy-two bucks a year. Uh, I'm going to drop the. Um, and remove the oldest FlyPod episode. So episode one is going to go into uh, a file that I'll have. So if you really wanted to listen to episode one at any time, just let me know and I, I can send it to you. But it's going to be removed from the actual SoundCloud page uh, just because uh, we need to have storage uh, space for this episode that we recorded today. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Let me know what you think on the Facebook page. And as always, go Flies. A shot calling, we take it back to the days of yes, y'all. We're holding on to what's cold.